You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. For whatever reason, dress pants pants and jeans are completely different. I don't know why. Well, everything's different now. I was shopping for some pantaloons, and a couple of uh, things struck me. I need to get pants because I've been walking around with my genitals showing. (laughs) Good reason to get them. Like you're Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, people keep yelling at me, hey, get some pants. You just wear your red short sleeve shirt. (laughs) T-shirt, that's all you wear. <laughs> and I go around hitting people up for honey. That's right. Uh, so uh, I'm a shopping for pants there, and uh, and I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, the sizes, and I notice these pants I'm looking at that says uh, size guide. And I think, okay, I'll bite. So I click on it, and it becomes clear because I usually wear 36 pants these days. I'm probably about 15 pounds more than I'd like to be, but... Occasionally it's 34s, which is a fantasy. And in jeans and 38. golf pants? I haven't bought jeans in a okay. decade, I don't okay. think. Or, or seven, eight years anyway. Um, but so anyway, so I click on the size guide and it says the 36s are 38 and a half inches. So it's, at least they helpfully give that information to you because one brand is still like the waist Nazis and 36 means 36 to you. I mean, they're just straight down. Well, I'd the line. prefer we do that. How about we call thirty-six inch jeans thirty-six inches around? See, I'd have no problem if everybody does that, but you don't know. Like I said, this brand, the thirty-sixes are thirty-eight and a half. Plenty of room for the uh, uh, the man of heavier carriage, the the uh, the Zoftig fellow. Um, but then I got a pair of pants that it said 36, and they were 36 uh, exactly. So you need a size guide to tell you what 36 is. It's like women's dress size, size 6. What does that even mean? It's just a number. It's an arbitrary number. Mm-hmm. Now, waist sizes are that, I guess. That's something I, I got to keep in mind because I am, uh, I have gone so far long with it, longer than I've ever gotten without getting like a, some sort of clothing purchase. Like I, I'm down to the back of the closet shoes. Like I, <laughs> Uh, things that were relegated to yard work style shoes, I've kind of wow. done because off. of COVID. Yeah, yeah, I just haven't been shopping, and I, the same reason Why? I haven't gotten a haircut. Why? Uh, just you're young and healthy. Uh, well, there aren't as many places to go, well, many places to go for quite a while. Well, my my view was in the race between mutations and vaccinations. Every, even every transmission is is bad, even if neither person gets symptoms, because each mu- each transmission is another potential for a mutation. So, so you've been a conscientious objector to going to the store. Yes. Yeah. I had no idea. I've literally only gone to grocery stores. The only places I could go to buy pants have only been open for like a month, though. There hasn't been that many places. Are you sure? I went to Nordstrom Rack quite a few times during the uh, the COVID. Oh, really? You just had to have a mask on. I, had to check that. I hadn't checked that. But the mall yeah. was closed and the outlet oh, yeah. stores were closed. And those are the only places I ever go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah interesting. Now that I'm, you know, I got the got the jab, and I'm feeling I'm feeling froggy again. I, you know, I'm looking at my clothes, and I look at look at this. Why why are you why are you washing this again? This is you, you've worn this fifty times too many already. <laughs> so, are you going to get a haircut at some point? Or are you going to go like full on Almond Brothers band? No, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get it cut at some point. I'm going to. Uh, tighten the laws, but keep the spirit of the hair. If that makes sense, I'm I'm gonna clean it up a little bit. But <laughs> the I'm gonna keep, spirit of yeah, the hair. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it long. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it long, but it has certainly gotten a little too out of control. You remember my old habit, Jack? I would make a note every time I heard a sentence that I believed had never been said in the English language in the hundreds of years that the English language has been spoken. I think we just had one. 
I'm going to tighten the laws but keep the spirit of the hair is a sentence that has never been uttered in human history. I've never heard it. That's exciting. Well done, Sean. That's right. Thank you. So we've talked about the size thing a lot, and I think everybody's caught on to the fact that they just kept making clothes bigger and calling it the same size so that mm-hmm. we would feel good about ourselves. Exactly. I'm not, We'd have a positive feeling about buying yeah. that brand. I'm not sure I believe that. I'm not sure that that made me more likely to buy your brand. I, I don't know that I believe you, but but they did it regardless. Um, uh, and 34-inch uh, Levi's are not the same now as they were 20 years ago. Uh, actually, with Levi's, since they went to China, if you buy, if you put, try and four <laughs> pairs of 34, two of them will fall off. One will be too tight to button, and then that other one might be just right. That their, their quality control is so bad. Now, come mm. on, um, China! You got to give those slaves a stern talking to Levi's. Come on! But I get kind of pants and shirts because that has to do with your weight and how you feel about yourself. I don't understand why there's not a standard for shoe size. I have shoes that range from 9 to 11. Really? Why? Nobody has vanity about their shoe size, do they? And it doesn't change from like... Women do. Since you're like... Yeah, but it doesn't change from like when you're 16 or 20 or whenever your feet stopped growing. It doesn't change. So why why would Nikes be so much smaller than uh, Vans? Now, Which they just, are. Just to clarify, are you or are you not buying shoes at the uh, store for the transgender man? No. A transgender woman. Usually, well, like boots are the same way. I can wear, I've got a pair of 9-inch Justins and a pair of 11 Lucases. They're both boot makers. Why? I don't I don't get that. Mm, I don't either. And no, I, I did. So, hmm. Weren't you wearing shoes that were too small I, for your I feet? I did that for many years. For many <laughs> years, I wore shoes a half size smaller than I should have been wearing because I thought the other ones... Because of your foot vanity. Because of my foot vanity. And he I was raised ones, in 19th century China. Because I thought the other ones looked too big. And now it just seems stupid. And I didn't realize one foot's bigger than the other, and I've always measured the same foot. Ah. I've always measured my left foot. It's a half. It's it's a ten and a half. My right foot's an 11. So I've always been wearing the wrong size. I'll be dang. I didn't so what do you that do now? Until, do you demand one of each when you go to a store or one? They suggest buy an 11 and just have the other one be a little big. A little big's, a little big's better than a little small. Mm, mm. Um, they they got these things that some stores have been to though, where you stand on it, mm-hmm. and then it tells you what you're. That's that seems oh, like yeah, a good I've idea. I've seen that like once. So, are there nicer clothing stores where you can go in and they like you stand there and like they do a hologram thing of what size you should make? Well, I remember there was that uh, that magical mirror somebody put out where you uh, stand in front of it and turn, and it would do all your measurements and everything, and then you know get you the all right clothes. The measurements. I gotta believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I was sure it was bigger than that. I gotta believe we're close. <laughs> metric? I gotta believe we're close to affordable, custom fit clothes. That that's 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 going to be a big innovation in the next few years. With automation and everything, yeah, you feed in yeah. your measurements. That the computer makes them. You don't need them hand sewn. Three D printing all your yeah. clothes or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so you. And if you've ever had, I've had a few tailored shirts where they complete measurement completely make from cloth it fits so differently it fits like yeah exactly you wonder what i've been doing all these years well i I have so much room for my moves yeah but i haven't been spending three hundred dollars per shirt is what i've been doing yeah and i've i've never done it with pants i'd be awesome to have pants that are custom made to you um but i gotta believe with the technology of how they can measure you and then 3d printing and everything soon we're all going to be wearing clothes that fit the way we want 
So it took me a minute to get back to what I was looking at at home, but I, I found this website, and what it is isn't that important, but I was looking, again, for golf pants. And I'm looking at the sizes and everything. I scroll down a little bit, and, and it says, and I have never run across this before, says, and it's a picture of a dude. Obviously, there's his front, there's his back, there's a close-up of the, the pants. It says, model is five foot 11, 185 pounds, wearing size 34 waist and medium shirt. I thought, wow, that's great. Wait a minute, okay. Dude is uh, about my height. He's just a little lighter. Okay, that's what that looks like. All right, I know what size to wear, and I got an idea how it's going to look on me. Because, you know, so much stuff... Is it's it's some freaking stud with four percent body fat. Well, that's like a banana. He's six foot one, one hundred and sixty five pounds. They do that on the Banana Republic site that they always sends me mail and sucks me in. But they're always model is six foot one sixty. Well, I I'm not I'm six foot, but I'm not one sixty, and I don't know many people who are six foot one sixty. Mm. If I ever get an Olympic athlete shape, I'll start wearing your shirt, you bastages. <laughs> Banana Republic, <laughs> that's where you buy your uh, bikini briefs, right? Who do they? think they're helping with model is six foot 160 as a dude yeah well for? i appreciate the disclosure but it's it's <laughs> barely a help hilarious man when i find i wear jeans every day um like maybe two days exception a year i wear jeans every day if i find a pair of jeans that fit it's just like oh my god i'm good to go for months this is fantastic. It's so happy. Because most of the time, they don't. There's just all kinds of weirdness going on. Baggy here, lumpy there, tight there. What? Squeeze? Ow! You pinched it. You know, mm. I don't like that. Yeah. I almost never wear jeans anymore. Because well, I've discovered that, you're like... You're sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Um, now, since I discovered these, like, stretchy, uh, I think they call them guide pants. or like hiking pants. Mm-hmm. Those are tights. They're j- <laughs> <laughs> Joe, they're called <laughs> yoga pants, and you look like an idiot. Oh, I wear Should jeans. we go for the second consecutive mention of Moose Knuckle? I wear jeans. Uh-huh. We just did. Every day and all day I wear jeans. I was on a bike ride the other day, no. and I thought Sean would find this hilarious. Here I am on my bike ride. It's 92 degrees outside in my jeans. Do you have your denim jacket on, too? <laughs> the Tennessee tuxedo. <laughs> well, you do what you got to do. <laughs> I haven't worn shorts since the 1970s. Dr. Savage said that once. <laughs> Hilarious. You know who liked custom pants? LBJ. Oh, that's right. You can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends uh, round, uh, under my back to my bunghole. That's the next nice thing I'm going to do for myself is buy myself some custom-fit pants. Since I've got a couple of shirts. Really? See, see how they fit. And do they have to get, measure your... Uh, get some of these guide pants. They're super comfy. Do they have to measure your BH and then your, your package size? No, Please. I, I, I think you just tell them that like the president did. Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Can you have more than 150 friends? In a 1993 study... What? Do you want to? <laughs> in a 1993 study, Robin Dunbar, a British anthropologist, theorized that humans could have no more than about 150 meaningful relationships, a measure that became known as Dunbar's number. That we just don't have the bandwidth to have more than 150 meaningful relationships. 
I don't feel like I've got even close to that. No. Meaningful relationships? Like, for instance, I got a a personal life thing going on right now where I've talked to a number of my friends about it. Probably ten people. If there were more, I would talk to them about it. But I don't think I have more. <laughs> I don't think I, I think I think if I called like number 11 on my list, they'd say, why are you telling me this? This yeah. is an awful person. Hey, it's it? good to hear from you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 150. Although I don't know. It's, uh, I, I'm I tend to have a very small group of people that I'm close to. It's just been that way my entire life. How about you, Sean? You think you got 150 meaningful relationships? No, no, I don't Michael? know if I have one. No, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Maybe that's why we all get along so well. I mean, 15 is pushing it. If you, I, I just got a really beautiful uh, note from my aunt, my mom's, my late mom's sister. Does that count? Uh, I feel like family shouldn't count as the friends thing, but also the Dunbar number is more about what is the critical mass of names that you can actually uh, individualize in your own brain at any given time. It's not necessarily close, you know, best of friends, but it's uh, it includes casual acquaintances as well. Huh. Well, it says meaningful relationships here from yeah, the study. Yeah. I, d- I don't yeah, know. Phrase is open to interpretation, but right. I mean, is that like your male guy that comes every day that you happen to see? Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Oh, I can't complain, how are you? How upset would you be if they got hit by a car? Maybe that's what you Jeez, use as a standard. what? It's got dark. What? Like in front of me? Okay, or just you hear about it? <laughs> Does that change his thing? No, you were the driver. <laughs> oh, I thought I was winning the dark wrestling match. Jack wins. <laughs> You run him over, don't even care. That's not a meaningful relationship. I no. think that's a good uh, barometer. Let's use a different example. They move away. They move away. I can think of people I got relationships with. I'm picturing a couple of people right now. I find out they're moving away. They didn't, but I mean, that's the sum total of energy I'm putting into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got no more meaning to me than that. I hear you. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a way to measure it? Oh, oh really? He's leaving? That's so bad? Huh. Hmm. Yeah, do I have 150 people that if I found out they're moving away, I'd be, oh, man. Jeez, let's make sure we catch lunch before we go and make sure you, you know, but no, not, no, we're close. Anyway, moving on with this. We Re- need a griefo meter. <laughs> Take the reading. <laughs> you know, if it's less than a 10, eh, they don't count. Researchers at Stockholm University published a paper last week calling that number into question, finding that people could have far more friends if they put in the effort. Oh, see, I'm out. I got to try more than 150. What? How? What makes me feel like I need 10 more to get to 160? Anyway, we can learn thousands of digits of pi. No, I can't. Some people can. And if we engage with lots of people, then we still become better at having relationships with lots of people, says the author of this study. Um, No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Know your own limits, man. Uh, in the original research, Dunbar studied monkeys and apes and determined that the size of their neocortex, the part of the brain responsible for conscious thought, correlated to the size of groups they lived among. The neocortex in humans is larger, so he extrapolated that the no, ideal group that. size was on average 150. Old science sucked. Yeah, old, yeah, that's, s- old science sucked. <laughs> Dude, yeah, your whole premise is a little wacky there. That, that, that's well, thin that's and gruel, funny. man. We've talked about this 
a dozen times through the years, I had no idea that that was the weak, weak genesis of this conversation. It was like a mathematical equation based off of eight brains. So you looked at monkeys, because you got to guess, you can't ask them. You looked at monkeys and guessed, hey, he seems like he's got about eight friends. A human's brain is, uh, what, about uh, eight times as big, nine, nine, ten times as big? Okay. Carry the three. <laughs> about 150 for people. Done. Publish it. And I'm ev- famous. And, and everybody discusses it forever. The Dunbar number. You're right. Old-time science sucks. Don't oh. they're bleeding people's feet. Do you have any theories on how, you know, how many people throw their shit around? Because apes do that, <laughs> right? They're pooch-yuckers from way back. Dunbar's number has been criticized for a long time by for researchers. Being stupid. Yeah, it's weak, man. It's I never like want to hear about it it's again. It's like a sixth-grade science project. <laughs> <laughs> Your premise, man. Your premise. It's uh, weak. Uh, this new team found that no maximum number of friendships could be established with any precision from that uh, method. I would say you're absolutely right. You know, there are moments I wish I was an ape, and that chick was in the room with me. I would pelt her with my feces so fast. I might read this in <laughs> but detail. But we're not apes, are we? No. Uh, I'll tell you what. She's going to see my red hind end, <laughs> and, le- and she's going to know oh. I like her. Oh. I'm not going to play coy. I'm not going to make her guess. <laughs> She's not going to have to ask her friends, do you think he's into me? No. Look at that bright red hind end. That wow. says everything you need to know. Wow. That's forward. I'm taking. I'm not wearing pants for this. That's beautiful. You want to study apes and extrapolate it to humans? Take a look at this. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So I came across this column by Ellen Cushing in The Atlantic, and it's uncharacteristically short for The Atlantic, which their articles usually make Moby Book look like a Moby Book. I'm reading while I'm talking. Friggin' idiot. (laughs) Stupid, mushed mouth, tongue-tied jackass more no the negative self-talk that's not good it's not good joe don't quit saying that yourself. quit doing that you moron you stupid piece of sh- i'm not even God, gonna say it on the podcast my kids do that and i'm pretty sure they picked it up from me the and negative self-talk and it's a bad habit and i'm trying to get yeah. them to stop but i need to get them to stop by um well uh, correcting them when they do it so they notice it and modeling better because i just i have a habit of doing that and there's all kinds of research that says it's terrible for you. There's Well, there's no advantage to it. But my no. son does that. Man, he'll beat himself up so bad over something minor. I'm like, dude. Yeah, I know. I, and uh, so many of us would never do that to another human being. No, no. And, and not only for compassionate reasons, but, you know, and uh, you know, I play a fair amount of golf. I play a fair number of games where you have a partner and... uh the idea that after every bad shot that he hits, you'd berate him? Please, he'd be terrified. He'd fall apart. I mean... God, you suck. Why do you even play? Yeah. You spent all that money on those clubs. Lessons, you can't hit them. And this is the way you play? Imagine saying that to the other guy. But I've heard people say that to themselves. I don't know how yeah. many times in my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Then you expect it to get better, yeah. Or coaches who coach that way. They're terrible. Anyway, uh, let me try again. So I came across this piece in the Atlantic. Uh, their articles make Moby Book look like a. <laughs> <laughs> now they make Moby Dick look like a comic book. Uh, they're so friggin' long, but this one is remarkably restrained. Uh, but it, 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 the the title, what is the title? 
late stage pandemic is messing with your brain. And she leads with, uh, she actually said to her boyfriend, what did I used to do on weekends? Like a soap opera amnesiac. I couldn't remember, and he couldn't either. Wow. Since then, I can't stop noticing all the things I'm forgetting. Huh. Sometimes I grasp at a word or a name. Sometimes I walk into the kitchen and find myself bewildered as to why I'm there. And I was thinking, all right, look, you just you hit 40 or something, sweetheart. <laughs> um. But then I thought, I thought, okay, you're, you're hitting middle age. I don't care. But then she went on to write, uh, other times it's just like someone is taking a chisel to the bedrock of my brain, prying everything loose. I've started keeping a list of questions, remnants of a past life that I now need a beat or two to remember, if I can remember at all. What time do parties end? <laughs> How tall is my boss? What does a bar smell like? Are babies heavy? Does my, <laughs> depends. Does my dentist have a mustache? Uh, on what street Does, was that? You wonder if your dentist has a mustache. You can remove that one from the list of questions you need answers to. Yeah, don't worry about it. And I think you'll adjust to the height of your boss pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. But some of this I could relate to. What was the street that <laughs> lists are nine feet tall or about a foot Whoa. tall? <laughs> you'll be okay. Oh, that's right. My dentist has a Fu Manchu and he's. Has the meth stash. He wears a a leather vest with no shirt under it. Oh, that's That's right. right. My boss is about the size of a footstool. I'd forgotten. He's got a Hitler stash. (laughs) I can't lift this baby. (laughs) Baby's like a bushel of uranium. What does it weigh, 500 pounds? Uh, Let's see. On what street was the good sandwich place near work? The one that toasted its bread. Four. How much does a movie popcorn cost? Too much. What do people talk about when they don't have a global disaster to talk about mm. all the time? You have to wear the high heels the whole night? It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny thing for a woman to say. It's more baffling than distressing most of the time. She seems to think that there's something about pandemic life that has made us less sharp and kind of more hazy about everything. I, When I hear people talk about this stuff, I feel like their pandemic has been different than mine. Mine, mine has yes. not been that much different than my regular life. Aside from a couple of vacations, um, I've been going to work every day and dropping my kid off at school and picking them up, going to the grocery <laughs> store, pretty much the same thing I was doing before. Whereas yeah. I know I know some people whose lives have been radically different. They were people that went out a lot, traveled a lot, and they've been in their home for a year here's a here are a couple of for instances everywhere i turn the fog of forgetting has crept in a friend of mine recently confessed that the morning routine he'd comfortably maintained for a decade wake up before seven shower dress get on the subway now feels unimaginable on a literal level he cannot put himself back there he can't imagine it hmm. another has forgotten how to tie a tie a co-worker isn't sure her toddler remembers what it's like to go shopping in a store that's like, funny. I, yeah, how I would have you, never. How have you avoided stores? For, I haven't done. I don't think a single less trip to the grocery store than I would have if there hadn't been COVID. No, I remember in the early, uh, uh, really paranoid days of thinking, "Oh man, do I even want to go there?" But once it, but became I still clear had that, to. I had to have food. Yeah, yeah. How have you avoided going to the store anyway? The comedian Kylie Brakeman made a joke video of herself attempting to recall pre-pandemic life, which I should have grabbed, honestly, for the podcast. Uh, 
the mania flashing across her face. You know what I miss is like those night restaurants that serve alcohol. What were those called? (laughs) And there were those like big men outside who would check your credit card to make sure you were 41. (laughs) Big men who would check your credit card to make sure you were 41. (laughs) That's pretty good writing. No, my no, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I have a feeling she's a New Yorker. Mm. Um, yeah, and even if that was your early life, um, or the early part of your COVID life, I don't understand why you'd be sticking with that. Fleeting encounters with somebody isn't going to give it to you anyway. You're not going to get it from the shopping cart. Uh, let's see, Mikey Asa. A neuroscientist at UC Irvine said, we're all walking around with some mild cognitive impairment. Based on everything we know about the brain, two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. A thing that's very bad for it is chronic and perpetual stress. Mm. Living through a pandemic, uh, even for those who are doing so in relative comfort, quote, is exposing people to microdoses of unpredictable stress all the time. His research has shown that stress changes the brain regions that control executive functioning, learning, and memory. So, yeah, my life hasn't changed that much, but the 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 it, it lurks like a cloud. The stress of the COVID, uh, the sameness wears me out. Definitely the sameness, the the wow. lack of vacations, and uh, you know a, a radically different weekend here or there. The sameness I find tiring. Yeah, how about this? The, the very next sentence in the article, uh, article, that stress doesn't necessarily feel like a panic attack or a bender or a sleepless night. Sometimes it feels like nothing at all. It's like a heaviness, like you're waking up to more of the same and it's never going to change. Hmm. Like wading through something thicker than water. I had that feeling a couple months ago. Uh, the fact that the, we can see the finish line now has like reinvigorated me for some reason. Let's see, a psych professor at McGill University in uh, Montreal said, there's so much going on, it could be the stress, it could be the grief, could be the boredom, could be the depression. Sounds pretty grim, doesn't it? <laughs> Sean and I were talking the other day for introverts like ourselves. There was a certain amount of the social stuff that I was able to avoid or get out of or never got asked to over the last year that I'm not going to enjoy coming back. I mean, yeah, uh, just not not a lot, but, you know, there there are a few... Kids' birthday parties or a variety of things that I didn't have to do that I'm not looking forward to doing again. But, you know, such is life. I'm an introvert. Yeah, yeah. And there are some things I know that I am uncomfortable with, but I'm glad they happen. That's most social gatherings to me. Like, I I have this weird, oh, man, do I really want to do this? Running through my Rolodex, is there an easy excuse for me not to do this? Like, I hate business lunches. The Mm -hmm. fact that we couldn't have them didn't bother me a bit. (laughs) We get it over with in a 15-minute Zoom call. But for most of the things, once I actually get to these things and I make eye contact with my first friend or something, I'm I'm so glad I did this stuff. It's It's a weird thing that I constantly have to fight with myself about. Yeah, well, you're in a room full of people like that, so. That poor woman who doesn't remember what a baby weighs, that's just that much. <laughs> I mean, you might accidentally, like, go to pick one up and hurl it in the air because you expect it to be 60 pounds. Somebody catch it! Right, exactly. You know what I'm going to miss, guys, is that the restrooms are always empty right yeah. now. Oh, amen, brother. Huh? Anyway. Armstrong and Getty. 
Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Didn't we invent a new featurette uh, where we clean it out? The sound fridge. Or wouldn't we? <laughs> what do we call it? Cleaning. I, I think it, it was fridge related. I remember that. Cleaning out the sound refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaning out the sound fridge. What's our first sound, Sean? So, so this is an internet user. Yeah. What we have here is an internet user um, describing uh, a, a list of things that he does not understand. Beer is a list of things I simply do not understand. Number one, what makes something edible? Like, why can I go eat an apple, but if I was in the mood to go outside and eat a lamppost for dinner, like, I can't do that? What is the reason? Number two, anything to do with a wireless device. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, AirDrop, none of it makes sense. If I had a gun to my head and they told me to give them a three-sentence long summary on Wi-Fi, how it works, literally anything about it, pull the trigger, I'm gone. Number three, (laughs) bulletproof glass. You're telling me glass is stopping a bullet? You will never catch me standing behind bulletproof glass and trusting it? No, no. Number four, a camera. I literally can't sit here and think about how a camera works too long because it, like, stresses me out. Nope, 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 nope. Number five, how planes can fly. Don't even try to give me an explanation. I don't want to know. Can I get on a plane and I'm like, with God's grace, anything is possible. Six, why baby animals know what to do? Like, they pop out of the womb and they're like, okay, let's get to it. I wasn't a functioning human until I was, like, 17, so... <laughs> and like Monty Python figured out back in the day, many great TikToks they just end uh, yeah. arbitrarily. Yeah, you yeah, don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to figure out an. You exit. Don't need an ending. Um, so anyway, that's it. <laughs> the one I agreed with the most is I couldn't do three sentences on how Wi-Fi works. I, I know I couldn't. You're telling me glass is going to stop a bullet? See, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just found the other that guy to be a moron. <laughs> the other just... ones made sense to me. I couldn't explain Wi-Fi. I can understand why you don't eat a lamppost as opposed to a banana. Well, I understand that you can't eat a lamppost, but I think is what makes a thing edible, I think, is an interesting oh, premise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it its density? No. Whether you can eat it or not makes it. I suppose edible. everything's been attempted to be eaten when people were hungry enough. Nope. Turns out you can't eat wood. I tried it. <laughs> and, I know uh, they're thinking it, so I'm going to say it. Jack, you said you'd eat your truck. I there did. you go. You can't there eat you. a truck. <laughs> it would kill you. It would kill you. Exactly. So the next piece from the sound fridge, this one tucked behind the uh, half-empty mustard Cleaning jar. The sound fridge! What? <laughs> uh, this, this one located Baru. behind the, uh, <laughs> the mustard jar. Uh, we have Ethan Hawke making uh, an argument in defense of art slash poetry. Most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about poetry, right? They have a life to live, and they're not really that concerned with Allen Ginsberg's poems or anybody's poems until their father dies. They go to a funeral. You lose a child. Um, somebody breaks your heart. They don't love you anymore. And all of a sudden, you're desperate for making sense out of this life. And has anybody ever felt this bad? before how did they come out of this cloud or the inverse something great um you meet somebody and your heart explodes you love them so much you can't even see straight you know you're dizzy did anybody feel like this before what is happening to me and that's when art's not a luxury it's actually sustenance we need it that is pretty nice that is pretty darn good right there oh what a feeling dancing on the ceiling for instance lionel richie beautifully captured that (laughs) feeling of elation (laughs) 
<laughs> I uh, will now, because I do a lot of um, uh, fact-based stuff, you know, on this show. I read a lot of nonfiction, read a lot of newspaper articles. I'm in the world of, the, of just, you know, whatever the opposite of art is. What's the opposite of art? Science. Never thought about that before. Act, I guess. The opposite of art. I don't know how I would define Whatever art. the view is. <laughs> I don't know how I would define art and then so the opposite of it. But anyway, I feel like I live in the opposite of art most of the time. And then I'll build up like a craving, a hunger for it. Mm-hmm. Or I just, I need to read a, a, a novel or listen to jazz or write, watch a complicated movie. I have like a hunger for it. I don't know if that happens with other people. Does that happen with you? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I have a uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, which I won't distract by naming it because that. Hey, start Mickey, the... you're so fine. You so far, my, my mind. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> you hey, know Mickey. me. You know me Tony better Basil. than I know myself. That's right. No, it's it's it is an open-hearted and entirely emotional piece of music. It is not. It is all about vulnerability and 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 love and fear and longing and there and yeah i threw it on the other day and realized in the midst of between the covid and the trump era and the election and the giant 1.9 trillion dollars porculus blah, blah, i just needed that other side of the brain is that I hadn't what it is? how much i'd crave I, I wonder if that's what it is i wonder you know the left brain right brain thing i'm only stimulating the one side of my brain uh, and not the other side and the other side saying, hey, over here, you can use a little something. A little emotional which stimulation is, or something? Yeah, yeah, which is, interestingly enough, the topic of one of my other favorite albums of all time, Rush's Hemispheres, plays Dig It Today. Hmm. All about love and reason. But that was probably the, the most for balance, my friends. Balance. succinct, effective argument that I've heard on why art, and he was talking about poetry mostly, but why mm-hmm. art matters. I, th- I thought that was beautiful. I love that. There is some poetry I really, really, really like. But most of it I don't get, and I just have to recognize that I'm not built for it. I, do, I just don't get it. It's I've not tried. your flavor. Huh? It's not your flavor. I just try. I mean, I can try. I understand what the words mean. It's just nothing lands on me. There's a couple of them that I really like, um, and I've read over and over again, but, man, I just... And like Tim, we had Tim the Lawyer on our radio show today, Tim Sandifer. He's an actual poet, published poet, or poet, published poet. He got something into one of your poetry magazines not long ago, so now he's a published poet. But really uh, good too. I like it. It's 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 beautiful. Does he do to haikus? the extent that I can appreciate? It. He does a lot of haikus. Limericks. He loves the limericks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything's we're got cleaning it. out the sound fridge. What? <laughs> I think we're done cleaning out the sound fridge. No, I want to hear clip number three. Play that for me, Sean. Would you? Someone who's been vaccinated for COVID, so we don't have to. <laughs> I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I mean, I'm open to all age, all color. Those for me, those things are just, you know, details. That's uh, wackadoo Susan Sarandon saying she'll date anyone as long as they're vaccinated. Is she one of those people that has been hunkered down in an apartment during the entire pandemic thinking you can't see another human being or leave your house? And so now she's waiting for some uh, physical companionship with somebody who's had the vaccine? Well, given the fact that... (laughs) <laughs> Most people uh, who 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 have lived like that are are pretty far left. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. All I know is she's hot in Bull Durham. By golly, forty years ago, thirty five. Yeah, she's seventy four now. Lovely gal. She's Joe Biden's age for crying out loud. <laughs> Try to keep your lust in check. I'm picturing her in Bull Durham. 
Let me pick. Shh, I'm picturing her. So is the sound fridge now clean, cleared out? How old uh, is this mustard? What's the date on this? Uh, mustard doesn't mustard. go bad. 2006. Can you eat mustard from 2006? We're about to find out. <laughs> Are we going to bring back clip number two tomorrow, probably, uh, Michael? Eh, probably not. Bean dip expires. <laughs> go ahead. I'm spending 24 hours in this tub of bean dip. I personally believe that small businesses are the backbone of the nation. I believe that it is our duty to support them. And I just think if we can do that in a, a fun way and in a way that encourages other people to um, you know, bring some excitement to the small businesses as well, I think is really, really helpful. And so I think now is the best time to do it. Way to take your I need to sit in bean dip fetish and figure out a way a reason to do it. That sounds somewhat justifiable. I'm raising money for small businesses. Yeah, that's why I'm sitting in a tub full of bean dip. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I kinda like the way it feels on my junk. <laughs> Michael, do you have the uh, theme music ready? I sure we do. We just cleaned out the sound fridge. Oh, that's gross. Oh, that is really gross. Armstrong and Getty.